This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. Spot the deliberate mistake. It's not Friday. No, it's Thursday night. Uh, for various reasons, we're doing the show on a Thursday night tonight. But why not? You know, if you can get them in, why not? Well, that's what we're doing. And I'm Stanford Chidge, of course. And with me, as ever, the indefatigable uh, European traveller that is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Bonjour. Bonjour, mon ami. Ça va? Ça va? Ça va très bien, merci. Uh, bon, bon, bon. I am back. I am back from La France. Wasn't wasn't there a... a, a oh, no, Topov was Russian, wasn't he? Yes, he was, I was thinking yeah. he was maybe French in Pipkins. In Pipkins? No, no, he wasn't. Topov, no, no. He he was Topov because he was on top of things. Oh, right. I thought it was because he was Russian. No, he wasn't Russian. No, it was a long time to... ago that I watched it, mate. He, saw, he sort of spoke like that Didn't all the time. So he wasn't Russian. There was nothing speaking in that version. There was nothing of that going on. Yes. Oh, well, you know, it's a long time ago, mate. You know. I'm a bit a... disappointed to see the meerkat still on because that's Russian, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Everything Russian's got to be banned, obviously. Yeah, you know. surely. Surely. Let's yeah. ban that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, how are you, dear, dear boy? You travelled well. You were at Lille yeah, last a bit, night. A bit knackered. A bit knackered. It was fun to go and see. Yeah. I like seeing us winning away. And uh, very good second half, as we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, Mace, fantastic second half. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was just it's, you know it's tiring. It's the it's getting the, getting the ground, and getting up there, and then they kept us in for an hour. And uh, you did know, you sing uh, Chelsea Alouette as it was in in France? It, no, it wasn't actually sung by anybody. Oh. I was very disappointed. Yeah. Everything else was sung, and um, and Tuchel came out to do an interview, and of course was uh, um, was was serenaded, and then ke- came to the side of the uh, side of the pitch and uh, did huge fist pumps and. Um, uh, um, just generally being unbelievably uh, um, exuberant in front Absolutely. of us. And, uh, yeah, it's great. So who have we got on the show with us tonight, JK? 
I don't recognise this bloke. No, I have to I say, I've not seen him not, for weeks, well, months, months, years, no, years. That, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a sweet beard, though. Sweet beard. But he's actually. We've, it's been so long since we've seen him. He's now grown a beard. He has. He has. Here's a clue, listeners. Went to Mo King's Meadow. How about that? Mm. Anybody? Any offers from Mixler? No. Yeah, Chidge has put his hand up. Yeah. It's, it's another podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Went to Mo King's Meadow. And it's run by Dean Mears. Hey! Dino, how are you? Evening, Chidge. Evening, JK. Uh, very good to be back. Feels very homely to be back on the show with you both. Oh, sweet, Aww. sweet, sweet. It's Thank very you. lovely to see you, mate. We have missed you. We know that you have good excuses, like you do have, actually have your own podcast and... Uh, You've also got a very young baby, which I know is hands full 24-7. So are you, you all right? Doing well? Yeah, doing well. Um, yeah, much better. When the women's team went on a bit of a break, things went a bit manic, felt a bit out of um, out of sorts, but things seem much better now. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Well, uh, it's really good to have you on the show because it's, it's, it's about time we had a natter with you. So I'm very glad to see you here. Um, that that's it. No, no, there's no more people. Uh, the journalists have got the night off, and uh, you know, basically, Middlesbrough don't really like them much, so no opposition view. No, I, basically, I just didn't have the time to find one. That's the honest answer. But uh, the lineup for tonight is going to be: we're going to talk about the Lille match from last night. Uh, we're going to have a, a quick update on what's going on with Chelsea in in you know in view of the sanctions. Lots to talk about there. And in part three, we are going to preview the uh, Middlesbrough versus Chelsea FA Cup quarterfinal, which, of course, is on Saturday at half past five. So there we go. Uh, JK, we got this team selection completely wrong. Yes. Brilliant, I thought. I really <laughs> laughed. I laughed my cock off, actually, when I when I saw the team selection. <laughs> I thought, how can you bloody do this to us again, Tuchel? But three, I mean, 3-5-2 or 5-3-2... Uh, I mean, the real re- revelation for me was the fact that he had um, Kante, Kovacic and Jorginho in the oh, midfield. Virginia. And, yeah. uh, of course, no Mason Mount, which, you know, I always think is a, a bit maybe, you know, a bit of a faux pas, as it possibly proved. But what did you think when you saw the lineup? Uh, I thought it meant he was just there for a result. You yeah. know, I thought he was going to try and contain it. And that's how it went until the the very soft pen. Um, but, um, no, it, what we were... what one of the things that held us up that we got wrong was we didn't know Dave would be back. We didn't know Dave was fit. So I know I put him in my team. I thought we put Zayek. I put Zayek there. Didn't yeah, but I? I put him in my team. Oh, did you put him and in Alonso team? and Alonso? Yeah, how, how far away were you from it? Just because of the midfield, then? Well, I didn't go. I didn't go three five two or, no, or five true. three two. Were, so there were still yeah. only a couple of players out. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I, I want. I had Zayek in and I had Mountain, so I was. Um, uh, uh, I suppose I had a couple of players out just, but they were they were the different they were different players. Mm. Yeah, nobody thought the Mount would be out, and but he he set it up to control the game, and it, you know the consequence was up until their penalty, um, well, they hadn't had a single shot. No, exactly. No, no matter that every single time they got the ball and ran down the pitch at great speed, which is what they, they had a couple of tricky players. You know that bloke um, Jonathan David's a pretty pretty decent player, the Canadian, but um, the crowd went absolutely mad. Big crowd, you know. Well up um, for it. Well, up for it. They have a ridiculous um, setup downstairs below the away fans of three blokes who sing songs and clap at oh, them. And, with a megaphone. And, and, and with a megaphone and a drum. And of course, one of them, what I loved was the fact that this bloke about 
three quarters of the way through when it was still 1-1, decided that he would give us his vocal skills with a couple of the songs. And of course, he can't sing. Awful. And yet he still insisted on, on, on singing, la, 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 when I mean, I'm doing it better, la, 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 except he's going, la, 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 it's so funny. I love God. that. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I can understand that too. I mean, Dino, I mean, it, it, you know, we could say he was being overcautious. We could say he was being sensible. Of course, you know, everybody's got 2020 hindsight, haven't they? I mean, to be inter- it's interesting, actually, because in his post-match uh, interview, Tuchel actually admitted that he, he may have made a tactical mistake uh, by selecting, you know, by having a setup as a, well, I don't know if it was 5-3-2 or 3-5-2, but you get my drift. Um, would you would you, would you, you agree with him? Well, he's got to be right because it's his team, but actually I thought it was, it was quite sensible. I think it's a good word for, for the way the team set up. Um, Lille obviously going to be up for it because they're 2-0 down from the first leg. The crowd was up for it. We were going to be up against it, and I thought it was a good way to actually control the game. I thought Kovacic had a few good moments in the first half, mm. actually breaking through the press with the ball. One fabulous um, moment, wasn't there, Dean, where yeah. he seemed to beat about four men getting the ball. Absolutely fabulous moment, yeah. Yeah, and that's like Kovacic is one of his big skills when we're under you know, press from a team that's trying to get up against us, is to break that. And I thought he did that well. And perhaps it was, you know, Pulisic and uh, Havertz maybe a bit too disconnected. That's what he saw was wrong and, and Mount helped bridge that gap uh, in the second half. But you know, when you're two new up in the first leg, the emphasis is all on Lille, and I thought it was probably pretty clever to maybe be a bit more sensible and have all three midfielders in there. Um, just focus on stopping them having you know attempts on goal, and as, as JK said, they didn't until the penalty. Yeah, well, that's it, that's absolutely right. Sorry, JK, and and I mean, they looked. I mean, they 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 pressed a lot. They had a lot of energy. They were a lot better than they were at the bridge. I'll give them all of that. But they didn't really look like scoring until Jorginho has a brain... Was it a brain fart, JK, or was it unfortunate? I, I didn't get the impression of that. I thought it was unfortunate. Mm. I thought it was... It looked to me it, like it, he brought his arm down on it, to be honest. Well, I'm, I'm only... I've never actually seen it. You I were just, seeing it through netting as well. I was seeing it through netting, yeah. And it seemed to me that he was he was actually pushed into it mm. in the challenge because it was all round, was pinballing around. I mean, I have to blame... I'm afraid you want to blame anybody. It was, was Trevo coming on and just being slightly out of off yeah. the pace. Um, because of um, of uh, Christensen's injury, and uh, and you know he has a tendency to do that. He's just he, he, you know as he got away with it at the weekend with the penalty. He um, he, he he sort of goes in and then asks questions afterwards. Well, he was um, outpaced, uh, I think, originally. That was, was the problem. Indeed, indeed. So that's the case. So he always grabs if yeah. he's outpaced. He seems to do that, and um, and that set the whole problem up. Yes, thing up. But they were immensely encouraged by that, yeah. of course. And I think went uh, went reasonably near. Of course, in the second half they had that penalty, uh, not penalty. So they had that header that hit the post. Great header, great header it was. But I still I still felt that the that Pulisic's goal um, uh, just changed the whole dynamic completely. Yeah. Let the, let the air out of their tyres totally, yeah. didn't it, Dean? I mean, it was cracking goal as well. Yeah, I think you could you could hear it on the. Well, I was obviously at home. You could hear it on the on the TV that they were silenced from that. And, they had got their goal not long before half time as well. I think the 37th minute was it? Yeah, 39th, 39th minute. Yeah, 
yeah, so they had all that enthusiasm going into half time, and it was a bit of a, a killer blow for them, and obviously great for us to restore that, you know, parity between us and them. Uh, yeah, Pulisic I thought was excellent in that position just behind Havertz, and a really good finish from a tight angle as well. Um, and again, a Jorginho assist, which was nice. Was, was there a Jorginho assist, Dean? I, I'd completely not noticed that. I let him know that I was going to be on this Thursday, so he's done <laughs> two in a row for me to come on the show. Yeah, I mean it was. Let's 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 not 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 fuck about here. I mean he's yeah. I mean it was a great assist uh, uh, to Havertz, wasn't it? On uh, I don't even remember what day it was now. Sunday, and it was a lovely pass. I mean it was a lovely pass actually, outside of the foot, beautiful pace. But uh, you know, Pulisic still had to put it in, and I thought he finished it brilliantly. J.K. Brilliant. Are we? Are we? Are we dare I say it? Are we beginning to see the Pulisic that we know and love? Um, we didn't see that for the first um, uh, forty-four minutes. Uh, uh, when I felt, he, but to be fair, to, fair to him, I think he needs Mace to help him out. Actually, hmm. um, so uh, I think the whole team needs Mace to help them yeah, out. To be fair, yeah, yeah. and no, and I, I didn't think he was. He, he was involved, but uh, you know, if if he's going to score a goal like that, you know, you can. It's the Jimmy Greaves moment. You forgive, you forgive the fact he's done nothing else for the half. I thought it was a fantastic goal, mm. absolutely inch perfect, just creeping in, and 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 it's a, it was a complete game changer that goal because any they're all right, they're enthusiastic in the second half, but they're still they're still two nil behind, and then Mason came on and. Um, uh, the energy was absolutely brilliant. He was great, Mason, second half. Changed the game, I think. But Dean... I also felt that the pace was also very much pushed up. The momentum was pushed up through having him on. But this, this Sorry, th- no, 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 my fault. I I, I didn't realise you hadn't finished. But um, Dean, a couple of questions for you. Let's pick up on what JK was saying about Mason Mount. You know I'm a, a, a massive Mason Mount fan. I'm a fanboy, in fact, actually. Um, but... I, what I can't understand, it seems to be a perennial problem at Chelsea, even under Tuchel actually, is that we quite often, not all the time, but we quite often start too slowly. The ball is moving around too slowly and we can all see it. Everybody can see it. And then Tuchel clearly has a go at them in, at half time. occasionally makes a tactical tweak like he did against Lille. He brought Mason Mount on and suddenly the ball gets pinged around a lot quicker and we look far more effective. I can't understand why why they have to go through this process first. Why can't they just start like that? It's probably a case of feeling out what the opposition are going to do. Um, I wouldn't like to say too much on what Tuchel's thinking, but I'm guessing the players are out there and he's said to them at the start, you know, if they press here, we're going to play here. If they press there, we're going to play there. So they'll have to work out what they're supposed to be doing with the ball. And I think he sees that on the touchline and much quicker than they see that on the pitch, um, which is why we obviously... It's why we have managers, isn't it, really? Yeah, and he likes to go mad on the touchline because he sees... and I think he understands the game so well. Um, If he was on the pitch, he'd probably be one of the best players on the pitch because he can see the game so much clearer than anyone else, Um, which is probably the case and why they can then move it a bit quicker because he's then they've got that instructions. And I think it's a... A case in modern football where players are, seem to be overcoached and micromanaged and they're not sort of left to their own devices too much anymore. Everything's analysed. It's all about you know. data. It's all about data, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, all the XG is don't shoot. Yeah. Get it into this area, pass it to here. Then you can shoot from there. Whereas no one's having natural freedom to maybe take a shot from 30 yards anymore. 
because yeah. they see an opportunity where the goalkeeper's un- unsettled or unsighted. They're told to then pass to a, a different area. And perhaps that's the case why we start slowly because then they don't know what to do with the ball until they're told to do this. And then it all speeds up and the process then starts to look like they've actually worked on that in training. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally, you know, reasons why I hate modern football, number 723, basically, Dean. But thank you for articulating that. JK? Um, and I agree completely, Dean. I think it's almost almost automatic pilot. Um, it's it's a, it's something they've been told to do and they don't. And also, one of the main reasons that we've discussed this before on the show is that um, if, if a shot is taken and it rebounds, uh, an attack starts and you've haven't and you've 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 put your players forward to deal with the attack and uh, you're not in a position to defend in the same way and it's that kind of the business everybody has to then you rely on Rudiger or whoever whoever of the back three to mop up for you but they're always chasing somebody who is at huge pace taking the ball down the pitch so I think that's one of the reasons why the ball is played to the wing so often rather than taking the shot or if the shot is over the bar, it's considered wasted. And uh, it almost needs to be, you think they would learn to shoot so that it, it will hit bodies and then deflect in, because that's what frequently happens, isn't it? The lower shot, a lower shot that doesn't get hit a leg that then get and come straight out again, or hit a, a head. It's a kind of middle thing where it just hits an arm and goes in, which, uh, you know, you're, I, I would have thought they could, they could teach that, couldn't they? They could get them to, to learn that in training. But it is the default is to play right to the to the winger to to put some kind of drive something in that takes the opposition by surprise. Not necessarily a, um, uh, a, a something for a header necessarily because normally if it's a if it's a big centre half they'll get it. It's just something that the the forwards can get on. And this is why Lukaku drives me mad because he doesn't make any runs into the uh, into the near post at all. I mind you, he did one towards the. Uh, when he when he came on as a sub, the bloke behind me said, "I can't believe it! Lukaku actually went went to the front near post. Wow!" But um, it, it, it's it's so a bane really of of modern football of this this drilled in idea that the ball mustn't be shot and wasted. But but you know there is a there, if I if I I don't think he's in Mixler. I haven't seen his name yet. But if the delightful Mister Stick was in here, he and I would be having a massive row about this on Discord. Um, because he would be saying, and I'm, I'm in, I'm in the Mister Stick role here, uh, but you know, he would be saying coaches like Tuchel absolutely thrive on stats and data, and they could show us a spreadsheet which proves that they're right. That actually, you know, using a bit of flair and and breaking out from the normal pattern is very, very wasteful and results in no goal chances or no goal creation. You know, and 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 they would say that they were right. I would say that that's got fuck all to do with football. But what do yeah, I he know? Wants, he wants them to be brave at the same time, though. Doesn't well, I he? know, but that's a contradiction in terms, Your Honour. Conflict, absolutely. I do. Um, I'll tell you what isn't a contradiction in terms. <coughs> I'll tell you what isn't a contradiction in terms, and that is uh, taking off Kovacic, who I love to pieces. I was a bit surprised to see him go off, but I wasn't surprised to see them revert to the three-four-three uh, by doing that because I think it made a lot more sense. And absolutely, I mean, you know, it's almost like the old adage, isn't it? Two wrongs don't make a right. You know, three defensively minded midfielders do not make a creative midfielder. You can have two of them or three of them. It's not going to make any difference. So he had to bring he had to bring Mason to make that link, as you were saying, Dean, between between Havertz and Pulisic. And I think we looked far more effective uh, when we did that. And I, I mean, what a lovely second goal as well. I mean, Mace, 
I thought was brilliant with that great cross and Aspie oh. knees it in Dino knees it in. Yeah, it was actually a great finish by Asby. I know it come off his knee. That was beautiful. I think he meant it. Did mean it. Yeah. Absolutely. Put his leg in to get that angle on the ball as it come off him. And yeah, as for Mount, you know, that was, you know, a very good role for him, I think, in this 3 4 3, where he plays in between the front line and the midfield almost as a, I wouldn't say a 10 exactly, but. More of an eight, eight, really. Eight and a half. Yeah. Where he's able to. You know what we'll call that, Dino? We'll call that the Fellini role. Do you want to know? You're looking absolutely... Jonathan knows, but explain to Dino why we're going to call the eight-and-a-half role the Fellini role. It was a film by Fellini. Federico Fellini. Federico, one of the great Italian filmmakers. Yes. Is it in black and white? Of course. Do you know what, actually, Dino? He wasn't just a great Italian film director. He was a great Italian film regista. He was. You like a bit of regista, don't you? I love it. likes a bit of regista. Yeah. So there you go. Bit of a film cultural joke for you all there, folks. We do, we do everything on this show. But no, I mean, you're, 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 abs- you're eight and a half. I think you're, you're, you're kind of right, aren't you? I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him in the midfield, actually, in a midfield three, because I think, I mean, actually, next season, before all the shitstorm came off, I'd have been very happy to see uh, eventually a midfield of Rice, Gallagher and, and Mount. Then you've got two number eights and a rock-solid defensive midfielder, because I think you only need one if you're Chelsea, to be honest. But there you go. But Chidge, what role is Kante playing then? Well, but as I said, eventually, when when we no, when no, no, we, no, when we pension the triplet, triplets off, you know. And I meant even meant yesterday because he wasn't. He still drives forward with the ball and sets chances up. So he's not exactly a defensive midfielder. No, I I I, I totally get that point. I mean, the, the, Kante is just such an outlier, isn't he? Because he's brilliant. There's three of him. You know, he was blah, great blah, blah. again. He yeah. was excellent. Yeah, he, he's the engine room and all of that but I think if and I think this is the trouble that we get I'd be interested to hear what you boys think about this analysis but I think this is the problem that we get with Kante and people's analysis of him if you take a, if you look at each constituent element of his game it's really easy to pick it apart and say oh well other people do that better you know there are better creative midfielders than Kante there are better perhaps sole defensive midfielders than Kante there are better passers than Kante you know you can keep going on and on and on deconstructing his game like that but actually the thing is when you put him all together there's nobody better at what he does and I don't think most people really understand completely what he does so what do you think of that analysis Dean? I think that's why they call him the Kante twins because he plays as a six he plays as an eight he plays as a four you know he can do all those jobs in one whereas you need you know three other midfielders to do all those three roles on the pitch and that's why he's a bit of a cheat code for Chelsea to have because Tuchel can change the way the midfield sets up and what they do, just by instructing Kante to do one thing or the other, or doing it all at once, as he, as he often loves to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a reason why he's uh, one of our only world-class players in recent years, because he can do multiple things to a very high standard. As you said, they're better, they're better passers, there's better creators, but there's nobody that can do what Kante does. And we, I think we really struggle to replace him, although... I do believe in, in Gallagher for, for a long-term replacement for Kante. For Kante, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with that. I mean, I, I think it'll be eventual. and I think I don't think we'll get Rice now unless whoever buys us has got pots of money and they want to make a bit of a statement and just pay stupid money for him. Um, but I, I, I mean, you know, I, I'd be very happy with a midfield three of Rice, Mount and Gallagher. So a number six and two eights works perfectly for me. 
you know, and I think that will because I've been we've been saying it for yonks, haven't we? We don't have any midf- midfielders who can score. I genuinely believe Mount can. I just think he's having a bit of a duff season by his standards, and we know Gallagher can. So that'll 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 have two midfielders who can score you goals, and we know Rice can score the odd goal as well. So you know, I think that would be wonderful for us. Um, the the only the last thing I wanted to say really about the game, J.K. I'm, I'm a bit bit of a meh, bit of a chidge meh moment. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris, me Christensen getting injured again. Yes. Am I being a bit hard? I mean, I know it was a horrible no, foul. No, the, no, guy no, been, was... the guy should have been yellow carded. He did. He oh, did completely. a Harry. He did a Harry Kane on him. Did a complete Harry Kane. There were, the referee was a bit poor, actually, in terms of um, foreign refs. He, he led a lot of falling over. Um, he he penalised a lot of their falling over when it wasn't a foul. It's that same thing again of. Uh, they seem deceived by any kind of minimal contact. And I suppose if somebody's running quickly, the slightest nudge is going to set them off. But uh, on some occasions, you thought there wasn't any contact there at all. Um, and he didn't seem to have a relationship with his linesman. Not, nothing was given by the linesman. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, to answer your question, yes, it, it, it's, a, it's a shame because um, uh, Trevor isn't, isn't Christensen. Trevor is a great prospect and you know once again you look back on the fact that he was playing for Ipswich last year and it's brilliant but he's um he, he, he needs to learn more better positioning um and he's got some great masters next to him to teach him and I think he's on the learning curve um but Silver was great again last night what a player my goodness me um uh, trying to uh, just a quick story I went into a pub beforehand uh, a bar and I insisted on practicing my French. And I said to this, that terrible thing, I said, uh, bonjour, je voudrais, and the guy behind the bar said, uh, oh, you are English, you would, what would you like? I said, no, 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 I, je, je veux pratiquer mon français. And this guy next to me said, hidden hasard, hidden hasard. He said, Odon hasard, Odon hasard. He's the greatest player in the world, but now he's fat and he drinks too much. He said, I went, oh, okay. I said, but how about Joe Cole? They went, oh! Joe Cole, Joey Cole, uh, and they did a Joe Cole song, which was um, uh, um, uh, the Beatles. Uh, hey Jude, la 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 la, Joe Cole, and I said, Ah, yes, but he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where, Joe Cole, and I did my little bit for that. And they went, uh, they went, Oh, and I, uh, they said, Good luck for the game, even though they were Leal, Leal supporters with their red skulls. Good luck for the game, good luck. And I said, Yes, I said, and I, thought, I could get a phrase. I said, Edan as Edan as un des plus meilleurs joueurs. Uh, the uh, uh, qui a jamais joué pour Chelsea. Oh, merci, merci, oui, oh, yeah, and Paul Lille. Oh, wait, 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 bon match, bon match, bon match. And but and then they went again. Joe Cole, another another great um, uh, chorus of Joe Cole. So it's just interesting that uh, Joe Cole is held in greatest yeah. by the uh, the fans. They at, loved him there. They loved. They him loved there. him there. You know, and he he he's the reason we got Hazard, as you know. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, that's the match done then. I mean, okay, well, not really, because I just wanted to say, you know, I think that I think it was a terrible foul actually by by uh, I can't remember his name now, but the uh, Turkish centre forward yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. He, oh no, it was. Oh, it was a terrible foul. You did absolutely nothing about the referee. No, no but but again, you know, Christensen goes off injured. I I, I do just get this suspicion he's a bit, you know, made of glass basically. He's a bit weedy. Well, yeah. I mean, Dino, am I, am I, I, mean, I just wonder if my view of him is being coloured by the fact that I know he wants out to Barcelona. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's been a bit unfortunate with some injuries. I think he's suffered a couple of really bad fouls um, and that he's had layoffs on the back of those. 
Um, there was the one where he got criticised for not getting up and defending, um, which I thought he was actually quite badly injured. And he was like, broken his leg. Yeah. Um, but he's only 25 and he's been around for so long. I think we're going to really regret that he goes. I think he's going to become one of Europe's you know, top defenders because he's got that intelligence that Thiago Silva's got, I think, of the game. and He's going to grow and develop. And as he gets older, he perhaps gets a bit more durability in his body that he can shake off some of these injuries a bit easier. And, and A club, probably Barcelona, is going to really benefit from, from having him. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame if you ask me, but there you go. Uh, JK, I mean, you, you were <clears throat> you were lucky enough to be there and you've already alluded to uh, to Thomas Tuchel absolutely giving the fans a lot of love and, of course, it was reciprocated. Um, what I would say was I saw the post-match presser, of course, which you wouldn't have seen, and, again, he just gets it so, so spot on. I mean, how can you not love this man even more than we do already? Uh, I mean, I told I said the other week on the show I would build a statue of him right now. I mean, particularly if he manages to navigate a path through all this absolute shitstorm that we're in, and if he stays, which I I very much hope and think he will. This piffle about uh, Man United's a load of wish that wishful thinking bollocks, if you ask me, because they are an absolute disaster case, and he's not stupid. Um, but obviously, I do I do think I do think you know a lot will depend on who who the new owners are. That's what my worry is. But he was brilliant in the press last night. He was really happy. They've now hammered him for saying, um, thanks for ruining my evening when they asked him about, or they told him about no Champions League tickets. And of course, they've completely taken it out of context and not recognised he was making a joke. But what he said about the fans last night, the togetherness with the supporters, I think was he's clever. That was very important to do that, to show a bit of unity with the supporters, but also to recognise that and also to receive it too, to know that we're behind him. Very, very clever. I love this guy, uh, uh, JK. I absolutely love him. Well, he was he was very pleased to receive the uh, the plaudits when we were hanging around for the hour before they let us out, uh, as usual, as in France, as the PSG, you do it when you they let you out. You go down a very <laughs> narrow corridor into another small gate so you're just constricted and then you're forced to walk past all the riot police in their gear as if somehow you're going to do anything or say anything. It's absolutely ridiculous, all this posturing that goes on. But he'd, um, he did an interview, uh, as did uh, Pulisic. They appeared to be the only two, the only two doing interviews. And, um, and his name was called and he, uh, he just did masses of fist pumps and got us all going. And did that thing of, you know, he cheered and put his hands up as if he was cheering. And it, you know, the, the love for him was absolutely fantastic. And, and his, his responding to us as well was, uh, was great. So, yeah, it's, um, he's, he's, uh, he's one of the great managers and he's highly appreciated and loved. I mean, I know, I know it might sound a bit stupid, Dino, but you know me, I never, never shy, shy away from saying anything stupid. Um, but it's possibly a bit too early to say this, but... And he hasn't won as much as Mourinho, certainly. Um, hasn't really won as much as a lot of other Chelsea managers, to be honest. But I, I, I just think potentially this guy could be the greatest manager we've ever had. There's just something completely different about him. Yeah, he's, I think he's in the conversation already. Yeah. And we've absolutely struck gold with with him becoming the manager, especially after you know having Frank and his connection with, with the club and the fans probably the most difficult time to take over a club as manager, having on the back of a legend losing their job and the way he's been able to, you know, 
get the fans on the side, understand the culture of the club. Um, it's been excellent. You know, a lot like you know, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, they're a marriage made in heaven. I think Tuchel and Chelsea are exactly the same. And they both understand how to work on elements of that culture and fan base and eke that extra bit out of the fans to help support the team. And everything we're going through is only going to make that bond stronger. And, you know, as you said, he's not one as much as Mourinho, but he's a totally different character. And I don't think he will... Um, he's not going to implode, is he? Yeah, he's not going to throw away what he has with us at the end. You know, that legacy, he's not going to throw that away um, by only caring about himself because he's shown that he's that's not who he is. But this is why the, the, the Manchester story is so stupid because they, they don't know the man in the way that we've been introduced to the man in the, the year that we've had him as a manager. We, he, he's, not gonna, he's not doing it for his own glory. He's doing it because he likes the environment. He likes the players. And he keeps going on about he loves the, the, uh, in the, the atmosphere, the winning atmosphere about the club. He loves that in a way that um, he said it's, it's, it's ingrained in the, in the brickwork, this whole thing of winning. And he absolutely loves that. And he's... He's set up, set up in London with his family. I mean, so the, the, I just despair of the, the speculative shit that some journalists come out with. It's just, it's just, oh, it's just, it, it's to, it's like clickbait, isn't it? It's just to, to create something. I mean, it's also, it undermines us as, as fans. And, and I think that's what a lot of people are trying to do at the moment is many of what I was so intrigued by this idiot who, had waited for us, all the Chelsea fans had waited for an hour for us to come out just to shout out, get back to Russia, get back to Russia, as to all of us as we were going past. And it was pointed out by the people I was with, just saying he's actually been hanging about for an hour to say that because they've only, they've only just let us out. And yet here he is. So we're we're now in some people's eyes, we're Russian. And they they can't wait to uh to uh, you know, we're sanctioned as well as 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 Roman Abramovich. Should have shouted, "Get back to Vietnam!" Hey, that, that would have been unbelievably knowledgeable about um, some. Why colon- you need me on away trips in Europe, mate? Colonial history. And I, you know, I, I I'm surprised that I I knew that, but I wouldn't have yeah. summed it up so that, well. That's why you need me as you know, as your yeah. Batman on a yeah. on a European away. You know, because yeah. I have an insult for every single European country, just like that. I'd love that, Chidge. Yeah. I'd love yeah. future. Can you wear a little a little outfit with a pillbox hat? Yeah, definitely. If you buy it for me, I'll be there. Yeah, I'd All love right. To. On that on that startling uh, bombshell uh, mic drop moment, uh, we are going to go to part two in a second. But before we do that, uh, quick shout out. Uh, actually, J.K. mentioned this to me earlier, but the most important thing that you can do if you are a listener of the Chelsea Fancast and uh, a uh, supporter of Chelsea is obviously the first thing is you've got to listen to the Chelsea fan cast. That goes without saying, should do. Um, but of course, the second most important thing you could do at the moment, given that the club is in the deep doo-doo, uh, is to buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share. Yes, because if you do that, uh, it means that you will have a share of the freehold of the stadium and also the CPO uh, owns the name Chelsea FC. And of course, originally it was set up by dear old Father Christmas or Captain Birdseye, depending on your perspective, Ken Bates to us, uh, in order to uh, protect the ground from being sold from beneath our feet to rapacious property developers uh, at any time in the future. And if you care about Stamford Bridge being uh, Chelsea's spiritual home, then you'll buy into this, uh, literally, hopefully, because the shares are priced about 110 quid for an electronic share, all the way up to about 173 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. 
And as I said, it's really important we do this now because we are about to be under new management. New owners are coming in. And it's most likely that whoever we get as a new owner will be a consortium of uh, investors. Okay. Now, the clue is in the name investors. If you invest in something, you expect a return from it. And that return usually has to be equal to the investment or more than the investment that you put in. So they ain't in it for the shits and the giggles and the glory. They're in here to turn a fast buck. And Chelsea are sitting on probably one of the most valuable bits of real estate in the country, nay Europe. So they won't they won't think twice about fucking moving and selling the ground for a healthy profit. And this will stop them. So there we go. That's why it's important. Uh, go to Chelsea's uh, Chelsea's main website, ChelseaFC.com. Search for Chelsea Pitch Owners and apply for a share. You will not hear from the CPO for a while. It, you might wonder what on earth is going on. They are swamped with share applications at the moment, and they really are finding it hard to cope with. So just be patient. Pay your money. You'll get your share. Don't worry. All right? Uh, the third thing you can do, of course, is buy CFC UK because it's the best fanzine out there. Me and Dean agree because we write for it, JK. Uh, can I do a fourth? Yeah. Um, could I have a shout-out for David Bartholomew, who was very lovely to me at the end of the game, and I said I'd give him a shout-out. And also, um, Ollie and his dad. I've forgotten his dad's name. Ollie, who was working at, works at Envy, and they both um, were excellent as well before the game, gre- greeting before the game, and they love the fan cast. Just wanted to say they really love it. Who was that at Envy? At... Um, uh, uh, boys a runner at Envy's a, a post production house. Right? No, I know Envy. I used no, to do my know, editing yeah. there. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. a boy called Ollie, and he's a, a Chelsea fan, and he was uh, he was. They were both immensely friendly and um, complimentary about the show, Chidge. So, nice one. Uh, so, and I'm sorry about I've forgotten your, your your name. I've got I took a picture of it, which was a bit crap. I think I think the owner of Envy is is uh, is a big Chelsea fan. I've got a mate who's a very old friend of mine who's a Chelsea fan. He's one of the sound mixers there. And oh. uh, yeah, he the guy who owns it. I think he used to own Blue, who were called Blue Blue Post Production. Chelsea, absolutely. absolutely. I used to work there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I used to I used to run London Post, which were kind of uh, rivals of Blue. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But I should have really worked at Blue. It'd have been more appropriate, wouldn't it? But much more appropriate. You I got could have called Blue Post at London. Now the Blue Post is one of my favourite pubs in Soho. Yeah, of course, yeah. there's always a link. I, I got fired from them after two years anyway, so I don't like to talk about it much. Oh, okay, uh, no, I probably deserved it, really, but there you go. Anyway, yeah, CFC UK, you know what to do. Go and buy that too. There's a relatively new copy out now. Buy it from the stall, or better still, if you can't get to the match, uh, then you can subscribe and you can get it sent to you in the post. Go to fanzine at cfcuk.net if you want to do that. It costs you 16 quid a year if you're in England. Uh, 35 quid if you're in Europe, 45 quid if you're in elsewhere in the in the world. It's much cheaper to get a PDF that will be emailed to you if that's what you want to do. We will be back in a minute. Cheech. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match 
and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast, and it's the Friday night preview show, the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show. And it's not on a Friday, no. Tonight it's on Thursday for various reasons I will not go into, but we're here and we're here to do business, as we always do. JK's with me, as always. Whoop, lovely to be here. And uh, really lovely to see uh, uh, Dean Mears. We haven't seen Dino for ages. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, too long. Good mm. to be back. It is indeed. Right. Um, we're going to um, talk about the Middlesbrough-Chelsea uh, FA Cup match um, in part three. So really, because there's so much huge news around at the moment, we've really got to kind of pick up on all of the stuff that's going on. Um, the first of which is, of course, uh, there are no... Uh, well. We had an allocation of 4,500 tickets for Borough, um, of which around 600, I think, have already gone to away season ticket holders. I never got one. I was told I wouldn't get one, even though I'd applied for it. No idea why. Well, you might you might have just not got one rather than got one automatically. No, no, I got sent a note saying your application hasn't been um, accepted. Not not for because of the, the, the away allocation being uh, um, reduced. So I don't quite know, consider I applied for it before the sanctions i'm i'm confused yeah i'm confused because that shouldn't have happened but no. bottom line is we've got about 600 going there and they won't sell any additional tickets because the government think that uh, chelsea selling tickets means that all the ticket revenue goes straight into abramovich's pocket which kind of basically tells you how fucking stupid the government are but then hey we knew that anyway didn't we um so it's a real absolute shit show um not helped by uh, by Chelsea's statement, uh, more of which later, but they did retract that in the end. But uh, the other news we had, of course, which we mentioned in, in part one, JK, was um, uh, UEFA have decided that we are not allowed to sell Champions League tickets to, well, what will be the next game, which will be the quarterfinal, home or away. So I can't go, you can't go, even though you've already bought your ticket, incidentally. Uh, I do believe that the UK government, who of course are so clever to have worked all of this out, are going to be talking to UEFA about this to see if they can get that sorted out. But, I mean, what a fucking mess, JK. 
I'm pausing here for effect because it's just absolutely absurd. But I, I honestly think part of it is that they want to harm the club. That's their agenda. They would like the club not to be in the Champions League. It's an embarrassment for them. And they want to punish us. They've always wanted to punish us. They've always not been happy with uh, the supposed upstarts that we are. I was intrigued that the, the Lille manager made that usual statement that the reason that Chelsea won was because they had £250 million of talent more available than than he was allowed to pick and he was a proper coach who tried to coach his players whereas we had bought our way to success and the more that people say this and it's similarly this this bizarre um untruth that is being unfolded that abramovich is the sole reason for any any success the club has ever had that was even in in the athletic today there was an article um, about an expert marketing man who said up until 2003, Chelsea were just a, a mid-table club. And you think, uh, no, can you get your facts right, please? But it suits the agenda for us to be considered um, uh, only successful since Abramovich came in. And um, and I feel there's there's all we, we you know we all the, the examples of being cheated out of possibilities of trophies. I think there's always been a resentment about the club almost um, similarly as with with the Liverpool and Man United and Arsenal hegemony getting in the way of that the coming in and and finding themselves um, oh actually they can beat Barcelona oh actually they've they've become major players in this and it it destroys the the uh, the equilibrium that has been set up probably allegedly probably financially um, interfering as well with what's going on and uh, it's it's no surprise to me that they're trying to punish us because this seems to be the major the major view. I mean, a, a purist might say, yes, but you're tainted by his association with Putin. You deserve all you've got coming to you. But I, I personally think it's it's we're innocent in this. We've just followed our football team with an owner that has been that was allowed by the Premier League to come in. And we didn't immediately go. He's very suspect. I won't. Support. We, we didn't know who he was. We had no idea who he no. was. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, uh, surely the government will have a word with them and try to. Well, I don't know. How does the government have a word with UEFA? What do they do? What? What? UEFA have to explain their decision. What is the decision? Why have they done this? Why are they doing this? Are they because saying of, because, yeah, he, 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 because of the, because but, but because of the EU sanctions that were imposed this week? That's what precipitated it. Right, and the fact that he's been thrown out of um, of uh, Israel as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Everybody is. Uh, it's but they're just ramping I mean, it up, aren't they? Really? I, I have to be honest and say that this is this is. I, I smell the whiff of anti-Semitism here. Actually, you, oh, that's a good point. Do you, actually, do you know? Yeah. Do you know the? Do you know the origination of the term to scapegoat? Um, they got a goat. No, it's got nothing to do with a goat or the and goat. And they escaped it. No, it's it. It comes from it's it's it. I'm sure it comes from Middle Eastern uh, culture, but it's it's about you know big Jews being harassed and kicked out of wherever they were living, and actually what people did was they would cast their sins onto this poor bloke who would be off on his donkey, you know they would like almost literally put them on him, and uh, yeah, I, I I wonder if there's a bit of that going on. I mean, there's certainly a lot of scapegoating. I mean, you know, he's the perfect scapegoat for everybody's ills. 
because they can't they can't have a go at Putin. They can't go to Ukraine and shoot Russians, which is what they maybe should do. They they so they they have to get their anger and their guilt about not being able to do anything about it onto a very convenient target, which is Roman Abramovich. But by association, onto us as well. And that absolutely because we are also an easy target because we are again far more visible than he is. You know, and, and also we respond, which adds more fuel to their anger because they can say, how dare, how dare we, uh, you know, make any justification for this? We should all go and shoot ourselves now in shame, actually. In fact, we should all go and dress naked in Parliament Square and set light to ourselves because of the shame I like of the, it all. I like the naked in Parliament I, Square. I, I knew your fucking eyes would light up the minute you said naked in Parliament Square. But that's kind of where we are. It's like bloody, um, you know, it's like the mid- Middle Ages and witch hunts, mate. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm afraid it's human nature, and we are where we are. Trouble is, Dino, um, you know, it's having it's having tangible effects, isn't it, in terms of how we support our team. And, I mean, I think Jonathan might have a point about it being, uh, you know, a bit of a, a kicking, uh, deliberate kicking, because, you know, the government could have easily set up a different kind of escrow account to make sure that ticket revenue didn't go to Russia, all sorts of things like that, Dean. Yeah, well... The, the thing about Abramovich, if sanctions, you can say, okay, yeah, he's got links to Putin, so he should be sanctioned. The sanctions need to affect Roman Abramovich. And in, since 2003, how much money has he taken out of Chelsea? Um, not a lot. Minus, <laughs> minus 1.5 billion. Exactly. So he's not having any effect of this sanction other than the team that obviously he loves is um, feeling the effect of it. And it just amazes me that you know British tax players are, are losing their jobs because of actions of Vladimir Putin and Chelsea were the team of one of the only clubs that, that led the COVID response and didn't furlough staff and made sure everybody got paid. That was out of Roman Brownwich's pocket. The NHS was funded at Stamford Bridge through the hotel and the mills. That was Roman Brownwich's money. Uh, that was good money then, bad money now. Uh, like I said, the finances of Chelsea Football Club rely on Roman Abramovich to pay for it. So if we sell tickets to Middlesbrough, he's not having any of that money because it's paying for the running of the club. Um, they can see the finances quite clearly every year where the money goes. He's not making no profit. The only ones that are suffering are us. It does lead to what JK says about you know bias against Chelsea. You look at, um, I think he writes for The Guardian, doesn't he, Jacob Steinberg? Um, celebrating in a chorus of Roman Abramovich, which wasn't true, didn't happen. Every other writer at the game said that didn't happen, but he's gone in with that premeditated bias against Chelsea, probably written that line before he got to Stamford Bridge and had that in his match report ready to use to kick Chelsea with. And you see it from everywhere. Um, And and like uh, Lille, when the fans outside saying, hurry to go to Russia, back to Russia, um, that all this focus on Chelsea as a whole rather than the actual problem, which is Vladimir Putin and Russia, um, is crazy. And you've got to look at the government, the oil they spent, they've given money to Russia for oil and, and energy and the money that the MPs received from their um, Russian friends. Even the one, uh, the Labour MP that's called out Chelsea a few times and uh, has become quite famous on the back of this, his best friends were the son of a Russian oligarch. And that has been proven to take money from Russians, even though he said that he never did. So 
you know, sanction Abramovich. Okay, he's got links to Putin, so let's you know do that. But let's make sure that the ones that are feeling the effect of Vladimir Putin and Roman Abramovich, because I'm guaranteed that Putin's not sat discussing that Chelsea have got no fans going to Middlesbrough this weekend. Right, it's it's, it's sorry, Dean. I go on, finish, mate. No, that was that's it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's 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 either it's either deliberately obtuse of the government or 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 deliberately manipulated by them. But you wanted to come in, J.K. No, I just wanted to correct um, a piece of information I've been given. I was told that uh, Abramovich had been refused entry by um, uh, in Israel. In actual fact, um, this isn't the case at all. I was told by a. a a, a Jewish friend who's who's got relatives in uh, in Israel. In fact, the reality was that um, um, he's left of his own accord. So uh, um, this is Jonathan Paris, the great Jonathan Paris. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Lovely. Jonathan. Your message. Love Jonathan. Um, we do. Um, uh, he's written. It was incorrect. Roman wasn't kicked out. He left of his own accord. His private jet was only allowed to stay on the ground for twenty four hours but he can return to Israel whenever he wants because he has an Israeli passport. Um, I think the fact that, that the jet was only allowed to stay on the ground for 24 hours means there is a, um, an element of, um, of uh, coercion is the wrong word, but asking him if he would possibly not be around for the foreseeable future. Oh, he's, he's, he's toxic, mate. That's what's going yeah. on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just to move, move it on a second. I mean, look, the reality is, you know, clearly... Uh, that Roman, you know, had had to go given the circumstances, and you know, that's. I think we can just leave it at that. So, you know, we are going to have a new owner. It is very simple. Uh, the bidding process ends tomorrow at nine p.m. I think uh, the Rain Group have said they've got something like two hundred bids in. So, uh, you know, as we've all been saying, just because they've been making a lot of noise in the media does not mean that they're necessarily the only ones or the front runners but it's it's if you believe what the papers say we don't ever believe what the papers say but if you believe what the papers say then it that the some of the interesting ones are you know <clears throat> uh, ted Bowley's bid the guy who runs the uh, la dodgers he's now got some very interesting people associated with that bid uh, lord finkelstein danny finkelstein who writes for the times big uh, chelsea chelsea fan and barbara sharon i think her name is who's a music pr she's warner another, brothers yeah. warner brothers i know her well she's a big chelsea fan she produced um uh the song that i sing on blue, blue day is, yeah blue day we're gonna she, make it a blue day she was, the, she was the contact for that there you go well she's involved with their bid um uh ricketts the tom ricketts who owns the chicago cubs have thrown their hat in the ring uh woody johnson we knew about there are not there are other uh american sports franchises uh baseball teams that kind of thing that are involved nick candy's a prob uh, who we knew about the property developer another chelsea season ticket holder he's got not not gianluca vialli but gianluca vialli's company which is called tifosi they're involved and they're an investment company and they're involved with football investment. So there, there's some sense in that. Uh, the interesting one is Lord Coe and uh, I think it's Michael Broughton, who used to be the CEO of British Airways, who also was the chairman of Liverpool in the interim period when uh, Hicks and Gillette got the Spanish Archer and before Klopp uh, FSG group came in. Uh, he's quite a heavyweight uh, contender, another Chelsea fan, as is Lord Coe. And then you've got things like the Saudi media group, who apparently have put in a bit of three and a half billion. So there's lots and lots and lots of, go of stuff going on. And I don't know how you boys feel, but I find it 
monstrously confusing, I have to say. And of course, we don't really, really know what's going on, do we, Dean? No, it's all um, playground whispers. And I think the, the bids that are the loudest are the ones you could probably write off the most. Um, it's the ones you don't know about that are going about their business behind closed doors and doing their you know, due diligence on what they're going to invest an awful lot of money in. Um, the big, uh, this would be the biggest deal in history for a football club. Oh, yeah. So there's you know lots to, to take in. I think it's all until we hear. I don't know when we're going to hear from Friday who's the, the bids are that go forward or how they're even going to decide which one wins. Um, we can only hope that whoever it is does act in the best interests of the club, doesn't load us with debt, um, and listens to the supporters' trust. Yes, well, we're going to get onto the trust in a minute, but absolutely, Dino. Um, you know, I tell you what, J.K. Something that concerns me is that there are, uh, and as I said, I kind of you know going back to what I my little rant when I was talking about the CPO buying a CPO share. You know, most of these bids seem to me to be consortiums. Even Martin Broughton and Lord Coe, who you know on the surface are pretty reasonable chaps. We know they're Chelsea. But, you know, they're, they're having to put together because basically two and a half billion quid is a lot of fucking money. And, uh, you know, they're having to put investment consortiums together. And that really worries. Well, two things worry me. Anybody who owns a sports franchise, because we all know how that works out, unless you're lucky enough to have got FSG, of course, where it's actually worked quite well. Um, or investment companies who are in the, like, like, I mean, you know, the Glazers are like the worst of both worlds. They're a sports franchise funded by hedge fund companies who have been looking to cream out the profits every year, which is why United are in the shit that they are. So, you know, that's the worst of both worlds. But either one of them, sports franchises, Cronkay's not done any good for Arsenal, investment companies will try and get profit out and you'd rather see the profit put in place on the pitch. I think it also depends, yes, on the success of the club. There'll be, that you would hope that they would invest and keep the the, the same setup going, but... Uh... All it needs is for a season not to go very well and they withdraw their investment and you're on the slippery slope. Uh, and if they say the manager's too expensive or the players' wages are too expensive, you start getting a, a second-class team. And I think, there's, as you say, um, United are, are imploding for those very reasons. The, uh, it was very interesting watching the second half of um, Atletico against United at Old Trafford. And they cannot play out of defence in the way that we can. You could see the reason that we beat Atletico because of the um, the brilliance that we have in, uh, if the ball is in the corner, just playing through. And Kovacic, as you said, uh, Dean, is a perfect example of that, bursting through. And the ball was kicked up to Cavani, who just could not hold it up. And they had one particular player in United who just could not deal with the quick passing. So, of course, they get the ball back and then they fall over and then there's the usual shithousery and a foul. And um, um, But also the infrastructure of the whole club is falling apart at United because they're not, they're not paying for the essentials, which is maintaining the ground. Exactly that. Exactly and that. So it, it's, it's the, as you say, Chidge, it, 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 I'm, not, I'm, I'm convinced, in fact, that they will they will attempt not to get themselves into that situation uh, at Chelsea. I think they're intelligent enough on the board to, and even one wonders to what extent uh, Roman is, is still um, in contact with them um, to, to say, look, this person is, this, this consortium does not work because they will ultimately asset strip. It, it, it's, it's that, that is the, 
that that is what you hope won't be happening in the future. Well, I, I think that's a really really good point. But the the, the, the bare faced reality of it is is that there's no guarantees, and you just never know yeah. until you see these people in action. So Roman could could talk to or. You know, we don't know if he's talking to these people or but not. They're going to be after profit, change, as you said. Well, they it's are going to be yeah. after profit. And because you see, this is the fundamental change that Chelsea are going to be going over. Although, you know, to be very fair, Roman was very keen for at least the last 10 years that Chelsea would wash its face so that we yeah. would look to be breaking even at least and also making profit. Um, but the reality is that Roman wasn't in it for the profit. He was re- reinvesting it every year. It'll be different because these people will, will need, not, not want to make a profit, they need to make a profit to justify their existence. And that is how things are going to change. And I, we don't know how it's going to go, and it might not go like that, but I, my suspicions are fairly accurate. I mean, the other interesting thing is what you, the point you made, JK, about the, the rain group. Um, and, and more to the point, if you know, how, you know how and what uh, Roman has briefed the rain group on, because the rain group effectively will be selecting the winning bid and then they put that towards the government who have to sanction it no pun intended and then if that's if that's cleared it'll go off to the premier league and the fa for the fit and proper owner test but it's the rain group that will be selecting it so one hopes that roman has given a criteria in terms of who they will select because if they if they for example let you know from what we understand the the biggest bid has been by the saudis at three and a half billion it could be that, that he said select the ones who, who who bid the most in which case they get it we don't know what their attitude is going to be like to the club so there's a lot of ifs buts and maybes and we don't really know but a lot of it's going to depend on that he may of course know them anyway yeah there's always that possibility which would be a positive yeah yeah well we will see i mean what i can tell you with absolute certainty is that the trust as dino was saying a minute ago uh, have been ca- carrying on their fine work, and, it, and it's, playing is, a blinder, Chidge. Yeah. Playing a blinder. Well, I, I'm almost ashamed to say that, that this is. I'm, I can't really take much credit for this because I've had a lot on my plate, as you all know, and I'm also exceedingly busy uh, with work. But I, everybody on the trust, bar me, has stepped up like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I mean, Dom, Dan, Pablo, Nick, Paul, Hay, Cliff. You know, you name it. They're all absolutely being but tim rolls has been involved as well even though he's only a co-optee these days i mean they've all been absolutely brilliant but pablo and uh, a couple of them and dom has been really driving the strategy on this uh and i think the latest development i can tell you i mean there's been lots of things going on i mean uh obviously they've put a statement out on chelsea's statement and i think we're quite instrumental in getting chelsea to retract it actually about the borough tickets uh, they've been pressurizing the government about the ticket sales trying to get them to sort that out because we want to go to the matches They've been lobbying uh, the uh, Depart- Department of Culture, Media and Sport and the, lo- and the Shadow Department of Media, Culture and Sport, or Culture, Media and Sport. Greg Hans, the local MP, they've had a meeting with him. They've been meeting all of these people to put pressure on them. Um, but the, uh, and, of course, the key aims remain the same. And, actually, you may have seen this on Twitter. I hope you did. Uh, or if you're a member, you may have also seen it. But they basically have written an open letter to all of the bidders. So, hopefully this will get in front of the bidders and we're working hard to make sure that that happens and hopefully also have conversations with them. But uh, the open letter was basically very much like the statement that they made originally. So, you know, getting the uh, 8 million balance uh, of the loan to CPO waived, uh, getting the fan-led review uh, impl- uh, recommendations implemented, particularly the golden share and the shadow board, continuing to support Chelsea FC women and the academy, um, basically making sure they have constructive dialogue with the supporters on issues of supporter interest like ticketing and stadium development um 
basically building on the key uh, legacy of the Chelsea Foundation's community work and uh, also making sure that they don't, uh, you know, try and go back into the European Super League or anything like that. So the kind of things that we all feel very, very strongly about and uh, want to make sure don't happen when we get a new owner. And of course, as I said, they they kind of rounded it up by saying that they want to they want to actually meet any of the bidders uh, before they put the bid in and certainly after a, a winning bid has been announced so that they can work with them to make sure we try and get some of these things so make sure that you support what the trust are doing follow them on twitter or facebook or whatever the social media platform happens to be join the trust as a member of course it only costs you five quid um and you do get to kind of have a say in shaping what, what we what we are doing policy wise um, but I mean, if you're on social media and you see their tweets, you know, retweet them, comment on them, get it circulating, because the more noise we make about this as supporters, the more we get heard and the more we get listened to and the more we get heard, and the more we get listened to, the more likely we are to get what we want. And I think this is particularly aimed at any of the uh, podcasters uh, and big bloggers who listen to this show. And I know a few of you do. Um, you, you have a massive part to play in this. You know, because a lot of you have got a lot of followers out on social media, people that we might not reach just as the supporters trust. So if you do podcasts about it, get, get, get some of us on to talk about the issues because we understand it because we're shaping them. Get us on as a guest and we'll talk to you about it. If, if, you know, if you don't do that, and I hope you do, just comment about it yourselves. Read what's going on. Read what we're saying. Retweet it. Mention it on the shows. Get the message out there and keep that message consistent. You know, go to the open letter that we put out to the bidders. That It's all in there. And failing that, the very succinct four-point message that we put out the other day, you know, uh, sorting the, keep, keeping the CPO, uh, getting the golden share, um, and talking to the supporters. Very key messages. So we need everybody's help to do that. And some people's silence is deafening. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, we will be back in a minute. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and of course, this is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show, but this week on a Thursday, because that's kind of how we roll. You know, we just make it up as we go along, JK, don't we? Can we do the preview on a Tuesday? Yeah, man. I think we should do the preview show after the fucking match. I think that would be great. In yeah. fact, one week, let's not do any pre- the yeah. preview show. And the following week, do every single day the preview we should have done the last few yes. weeks. That'll, yeah. that'll show them. Yeah. There we go. So it's me and JK. We're not mad or anything. Uh, or maybe we are. Uh, we've sat, thankfully, we've got somebody who's completely sane on the show. And that's the absolutely lovely... A great mate of mine and uh, a brilliant host of the wonderful uh, Went to Mo King's Meadow podcast on the wonderful, lovely Chelsea FC women's team, Dean Mears. Thank you very much, Chidge. I just want to say, I think you've done yourself a disservice uh, in the last part by saying you're not sort of done as much with the trust because what you do with the podcast, uh, spreading the word, you know, I've not been through a Chelsea, you know, situation like this, whereas, you know, you and JK and Mark Meehan have sort of been there and got the t-shirts and you're really guiding the community through what's going on. And uh, as a younger fan, youngish fan, um, you know, I want to say thank you to yourself and everybody on the fan cast for what they have you know, done with the shows, because you, although you might not think it's much, you know, it's, it's really shaping what 
the supporters are thinking and, and uh, their opinions and we're guided by what you what you say and what you do so you know just continue that well then you, you've got back in my good books because remember you uh you said that my um, publicity photos, I look like Benitez. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I, I wasn't going to forgive you for that, but you're saying that you're now back in, so it's okay. Then. It's good. Brilliant. It was a compliment to Benitez. Yeah, so it should be. Yeah, yeah, think about it. Think about it. You t- yeah, I had to think about it. I'm still not quite you, you sure. Took, you took pounds off him, mate, I think that's what, what he's trying to say. Uh, Dino, that's very kind of you, and, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. And uh, I, I'm, I'm aware... I'm aware. I think it's probably because the, 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 the supporters' trust was my train set when I was the chairman. So if I'm not like running it all, I don't think I'm doing anything. But actually, you make a very valid point there. And, I, and I, as I said, I, I really do appreciate that. So thank you. Right. Uh, we've got a small matter of an FA Cup quarterfinal to preview now. Uh, and guess what, JK? What, Chidge? I've done a team selection. No. I have. And I think... There's little blue men that yeah, we can look at. Exactly. Little blue Ooh, men. I love that. And I love I, that. I think it's going to be as far as wrong as it was on Wednesday night. But here we go. Ready? Yes. Right. Mendy in goal. Yeah. Rudiger, Silva, Chaloba. Yeah. Alonso, Jorginho, Kante, Aspilicueta. Yeah. Pulisic, Havertz, Mount. So all you've done is not played Jorginho? No, no. I said Alonso, Jorginho, Kante. Sorry. All you've done is, sorry, all you've done is not played Kovacic. Mm. From the game yesterday. Okay. Mm. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, well, uh, I t- I, look, here's the thing, JK. That's the yeah. team I would pick because I think that's our best team at the moment. Yeah, and, and I agree. Our, and our best system. But there are so many variables in this. Like, will Tuchel think, uh, have we got any injuries? We don't know. Are, we, are they knackered? We don't know. Um, will Tuchel try and use it as an excuse to play players he haven't played for a while because it's the FA Cup? Will he, in other words, will he not take it seriously? We don't know. What do you think? It's just it, it's just as likely to, for him not to play um, uh, Silva and to play Saar or play the different setup, and um, or to play um, Werner and Lukaku um, because he did against Luton, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays them actually. God help um, us. And yeah, God help us. But uh, uh, it's so tricky, isn't it? We're, 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 there's always a major thing that we don't get right every single every single prediction. Um, but yeah, that, I, I would agree completely with you. that's the best team at the moment. Yeah, and but with with it would be if if Christensen was playing, he'd be instead of Chalabar. Um, and if um, uh, if uh, James was in, he'd be instead of Dave. But Dave is playing out of his skin when he's playing, though. You have to hand it to him. My goodness me. He's, um, uh, I didn't mention him on the fan bike, didn't have enough time, but he really is. He, he's everywhere. The fact he popped up into the penalty area to score that goal off his knee was just great. The fact he ran in there. He's, he's, he's such a terrific contributor to the success of the side. It's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, if he doesn't play um, Pulisic and Havertz and does play... Um, uh, Werner and Lukaku, you bet your bottom bottom dollar they'll come on on sixty minutes if they haven't if they're not in the lead, and even if they are in the lead, he'll bring them on later. Um, so why do you think Jorginho instead of Kovacic? Yeah, that's a good question. That that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because Kovacic came off. 
that's, perhaps that's my only yeah. logical reason. Yeah, I, I was trying to work out whether he, he I think it was tactical, actually. Yeah. I think he wanted to, uh, he wanted to bring Mace on. But I, in a way, yeah, I agree. But in a sense, that was also revealing because it, in a sense, it tells you what his pecking order is, doesn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's Kante, Jorginho, Kovacic. I don't know. He might start with Kovacic, and then and uh, I don't know. I don't see that. Was he was he thinking they could rest him as well as well as bring him out? And what do you think, Dino, about that? What do you think? I think it was um, tactical, definitely, rather than. I don't think Kovacic was bad in, in the game. Yeah, I think it wasn't. You know, like I said, when they had that good moment where he beat four players, there's still twenty yards to make up to Pulisic. Um, so yeah. that was tactical more than anything, and I think that's actually. Why Kovacic will start because he's fresher than the other two, um, but I think he'll change the team completely. To be honest, mm. so go on. What do you reckon then? Who's in? I think he goes with the four-two-two-two and has uh, Sar at left back, Rudy Silva, Azpilicueta, uh, Kovacic, Kante, um, Mount, Ziyech, and then Werner and Lukaku. Mm. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? This is the thing. You just we just don't know, do we? I mean, what I would say, I mean, Middlesbrough are no slouches. They're they're six in the league in in the championship, so they're in the playoff places. Um, they've got Chris Wilder as their manager. That's what's worrying worrying me at the back of my head. And he's beaten. They beat us three 0 didn't they, under Wilder? They a did. Of seasons, yeah, a few ago. seasons back under Frank, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. As I mean, I, I to be really honest, Jake, I don't know, know an awful lot about Middlesbrough who who their players are per se. Is he is he doing that thing with his uh, centre backs again, like like he did at Sheffield when uh, Sheffield United? What putting the two they, they all go become wingers? Mm, mm. I don't think he is. No, no. I, I must have been. I'm making. I'm having. I haven't been really watching them that much. But um, when I watched them, I did watch the a bit of the FA Cup game um, uh, in the last round, and uh, I didn't get that impression. No, they're just they're very industrious mm. and. Um, uh, who did they beat? I've forgotten in the last round. Well, they've um, beaten Spurs and United. Yeah, of course they have. Yeah. So they can't be taken lightly. No, that's right. Or can they? Because Spurs and United are shit. Yeah. 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 They beat Tottenham 1-0, didn't they, in the fifth round? Yeah. Um, how did they do against Luton? They beat Luton, but only 2-1. Uh, I, You know, it'll be a home ground, home crowd, but only be 600 of us. I, I think we can cope with that, actually. I don't well, think we it's... should do. It's not the noise of the crowd that will have a problem. Well, with you you say crowd. that, but the, the, there are other things that are concerning me, Dean, and and not least of them is is the ridiculously stupid statement that was put out by Chelsea this week, suggesting that actually maybe it should be behind closed doors because we can't take four and a half thousand there. And the only thing that that did was piss off the government, who wrote a re- clearly you know a statement re- written by one of. Nadine Derice's aides. It was so badly worded and pissy, uh, but it really told us where to get off. And of course, the other one was Steve Gibson. You know, it's basically what I'm saying is it's it's massively pissed off and riled up Borough, who if they weren't already well up for this game are now doubly up for it. And of course, there's only going to be 600 of us lot there in a 34,000 seat stadium. Yeah, well, it's going to be you know Chelsea versus the world. Well, isn't it always, Dino? It is always, yeah, yeah. As was the title on on Monday. Um, They're going to have to play. I think it's going to help that we've just been to Lille and it was a a good atmosphere for them and their support was right behind them. It's going to be very similar on on this game where the crowd is going to, you know, everyone's going to want to get one over us and, you know, get one over Russia for some reason. 
Um, so they're going to have to you know, play the occasion as well as just playing the team in front of them. And, Tuchel can't just say they're a championship side, so we should be better. They're going to have to, you know, out-battle them. And they're going to have to show, you know, the intangibles, like passion and desire, and, and be up for a fight. Because Middlesbrough are going to be baying for blood. They've got that... Um, uh, Paddy McNair's a decent player for them. I think he's their big their big hero. Um, uh, and they've got um, players, I remember, they've got Sol Bamba um, and... Uh, Trying to remember, we've played for other other clubs. Well, they've um, got that that Arsenal loanee, haven't they? Falarin Balogun, who scored a couple of goals in the last three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Marcus Tavernier, I can't remember who he played for. Did he play for someone else as well? Matt Crooks, decent, remember, decent. And uh, Duncan Watmore. Um, but you know, they're, 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 it's Journey the way he, the way he makes them as, play as a team. Wilder, and he's, he's a good manager, very, very capable of that. I think he left United too soon. Mm. Um, I think he could. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a top-class manager, actually. Although, so very, although you, Sheffield United, without Chris Wilder, beat Middlesbrough with Chris Wilder four-one the other week. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, I take it all back then. He's not very good. We'll win easily. Okay. Oh, who knows? I mean, look. What I would say this is brilliant. This stat. Ready for this? You're going to yeah. love this. Yeah. Middlesbrough have played more games against reigning European champions without a win than any other English team. They've drawn <laughs> seven and lost thirteen. How about that? Wow. Who knew? Um, look, you know, that their, their, their form is, I mean, they've drawn one and, uh, yeah, they've won all the others. No, sorry, I'm talking, talking rubbish. They lost against Sheffield United, as I said. They drew against Millwall, uh, but they've beaten Birmingham away, Luton at home, and obviously they beat Tottenham in the last round after extra time. We, on the other hand, are in the midst of a pretty stonking winning run at the moment, which is very, very good to see. You know, our last five matches, uh, actually, now I'm talking rot as well. I'm looking at the wrong bit. Yeah, Our last 11 matches, yeah. Chidge. We only yeah. lost to Liverpool on penalties. That's right. We won our last 10, 11 matches, in, excluding the Liverpool one. Yeah, our last five matches against Middlesbrough, which goes back to 2008. So that's two Premier League matches, home and away, an FA Cup match in 2013 and two other Premier League matches going back to 2008. We've won every one. We've scored four, five seven, nine, 14 goals and conceded none. So, you know, that's the last five. But here's the thing, JK, and this is another thing to throw into this because Middlesbrough hate us. They absolutely, forget all the Russia thing and all the, the tickets thing, they hate us anyway. There's real history between Chelsea and Borough, as you will well know. I mean, we, we've had some real ding-dongs with them in the past. I mean, you know, we had the... Uh, uh, you know, we've had the playoffs. The playoffs, one of the great. Well, I, I think the playoffs is is it was the seed of a lot of this. Uh, back yeah. in back in eight uh, in uh, eighty eight, you know, when the fuckers sent us down to uh, back down to Division One uh, because we stupidly couldn't put the ball in the net. Um, we beat them in the Zenith data in nineteen ninety. Got a bit of revenge there. Um, obviously, we beat them in the FA Cup in nineteen ninety seven. That pissed them off. We beat them in the League Cup as well, didn't we? That pissed them off. That would have been in ninety eight. The next year. Um, but we've had some ding-dongs with them. We've, we've played them in the FA Cup four times. Uh, we've won each time, 2-0, 1-0 and 2-0. We lost in 1993. We lost 2-1 to them in the FA Cup in 93. And uh, <clears throat> same with the League Cup. Two wins and a defeat. Uh, and there you go. So there's a bit of history there between Borough and Chelsea, and they certainly don't like us. So it's going to be quite tasty, I think, on Saturday, JK. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. I, well, um, I think especially because of the ridiculous announcement about uh, um, there being no fans there. You got that's, no fans. That's slightly ruining any um, uh, um, uh, amount of profit they might make from the afternoon. I mean, what on earth made them make that statement? What? what? I mean, somebody actually suggested on on uh, on on a WhatsApp group I'm on that had been done deliberately to stir up a kind of reaction as yeah. to as to what all these profits would be it was like a a kind of you know a movement forward on the on the the battlefield um, uh, um a feint and then to come back again you know then to 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 have the guns um um sh shooting a little bit later on but um uh, it, it'll just make them absolutely uh, wound up even more but you know um what do you do i still think we're about we're clearly a much better side than them and we'll 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 win essentially. So you know. What are you going? Oh, well, how do you, how do you see it going, Dean? <clears throat> uh, it'll be a tight, close game, but I think Chelsea will just have you know one or two moments of of real quality um, to hopefully see them off. Sort of two 0 would be a guess, but they're going to be physical and, and try and put the ball up against us and you know get their crowd get the crowd going. Hopefully, we can see that off. JK? I think we'll win 3-1. Hmm. Why? Because uh, we're a lot we better. We are the Chelsea and we are the best. We are yeah. the Chelsea. Yeah. So, so fuck all the rest. Yeah, that's um, why. That's all you need to know, isn't it, really? I need to know, yeah, because we are Chelsea. No, we're, we're you know, we're a really good team. Yeah. We're world champions. Yeah. And we've got a brilliant manager. Champions of Europe. And he's a great manager. And he, he, he looks what's going on and changes accordingly. And I think we'll... Uh, I think it'll be hard fought, but I think we'll, we will prevail. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that the, the thing about Tuchel is that, you know, if it's going, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's going a bit pear shaped, you know, you just trust in Tuchel to kind of sort it out somehow tactically and bring the right players on and, and, and sort it out. And that gives me great hope. I mean, I think the only way we lose is if we just don't turn up and play like shit, which is possible, or if we don't get any luck. You know, the thing about a one-off match is you can, just have the luck going the wrong way. You get some bad decisions given against you and that could scupper us. But, you know, I think we turn up, we're at it. Uh, we've got better players than them and a better manager. So I expect us to win. But I do think it's going to be tight. Toit, toit, toit. Unless, of course, there's a there's a dodgy refereeing decision at the beginning and somebody yeah. gets sent off. There's yeah. always that possibility of Indeed. changing it. But even then, I didn't think, I didn't think we'd lose. Yeah. I think we'd go down to pens. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. You never these. know. You never know. That's the thing about yeah. a one-off game. But... <clears throat> I think uh, I think two one. I'm going to go two one. The tried and tested Premier League predictions, uh, fantasy league uh, prediction of two one. So there you go. That's where I'm going to go. Hopefully that's what will happen. Well, hopefully we'll smash them out of the park and uh, win by more than that and get through to another semi final. I mean, I think it'd be really joyous and almost imperative that Chelsea reach the FA Cup final and the Champions League final because of all the p it'll boil piss like you wouldn't believe. Chidge, we wouldn't be able to attend. No, but I don't care. I just want to boil people's piss by winning them. Don't you? But don't you think that would be absolutely bizarre going to Wembley with one end completely empty? Well, I think we should go anyway and just make a lot of noise outside. That's very the good FA would sell the tickets. And then burn the ground down. Well, maybe not the, that. The FA would sell the tickets. You're absolutely right. 
So the so FA the, would receive all the income. The FA would receive the income, therefore there would be a presence at the semi-final. Well said. There should but, be none, but, but none of it would go to Chelsea. Absolutely. But that's what they were saying about the Champions League tickets that UEFA could sell the tickets. And, and yeah, therefore... but but we've been but that's you know we've been punished just for being yeah for being Chelsea. It's yeah. got nothing to do with with that aspect of it yeah. at all. With the money. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hope uh, we boil some piss on Saturday. That's for sure. Uh, now, uh, quickly before we go, very quick shout out. The big uh, Stamford Bridge sleepout is definitely going ahead, from what I believe. I've heard some breaking news to that fact because there was a bit of a worry that because it's at Chelsea that it might not, but it's going ahead. Um, I will be doing it virtually. In other words, I'll be sleeping in my shed in the back garden uh, after having done a bit of a read. Oh, read of the fant. I don't know if you read the book yet. Have you have you got a copy, J.K. of this? Yes. Have you have you read read it yet? No. No, some good stuff in there, man. But I'm going to be reading some excerpts from the Tales from the Shed book round the campfire. That's my party oh, piece. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Drinking well, whiskey. I could read. Can I send a, a file of me reading my bit? Well, yeah, but it, it's got to be two minutes twenty. So it's only excerpts. And why don't you just do one on video? Sorry, do you mean do one? You mean no, be, not what? do one like that. Do oh, okay. record yourself reading an excerpt from te- your, from your piece. You might as well choose yours. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and and make sure it's two twenty, and then you send it to Nick, and they put it up on Twitter. All right, on the evening. But you're supposed to be doing fan bites. No, I know. I know. Hey, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, I'll be doing that. J.K. will be doing some fan bites from the past. It'll be a cracking evening. Um. So please support it and us. Uh, you can support me uh, by going to justgiving.com. Dot com. That's a bit a different different website. Uh, justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash David hyphen Chigi. All donations gratefully received. Superb course uh, cause for the Stole veterans who are our neighbours. Uh, so basically it's supporting uh, war veterans, army veterans who are homeless. So it's a very good charity to support. Uh, and it's on March the 26th. So there we go. Right. Right. Uh, Dean, it's been brilliant having you back with us. It's been too long. Don't make it so long next time. Yeah, I promise not to um, be absent for too long. It's always great to be back. Let Jane take went to Mo King's Meadow tonight to make sure I was available for you. Did you know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad she's back too. I've missed her on there. Where's she been? Well, just because she's young, so she has a friends and a social life. Oh, she has a social life. Yeah, I, yeah. I, re- I remember that from the distant past. Yeah, yeah. No, fair play. She's great. I like Jane a lot. Uh, and it's good to have Dane on there too as well. So keep keep it going. So, by the way, people, if you haven't, and I can't believe you haven't, but if you haven't checked out Went to Mo King's Meadow, you really ought to because Dean and Dane and Jane, <clears throat> amongst other regulars, are brilliant talking about the fantastic Chelsea women's team. Uh, they do a fine job, uh, as do Dean and the others on that. And uh, it's easy to get. It, it goes down the same tube as the Chelsea fan cast, so you can't avoid it really. So don't. Uh, JK, another week. Chelsea is still here. Nobody likes us. We don't care. But we're still chugging along. Four wheels on our wagon. We don't care, do we? Well, it, it makes for an interesting time, doesn't it? Really, with the uh, all the prospect. No, but no other clubs going through any anything like this. No other club at the same time is uh, is is having the success on the field of still being played. Well, Liverpool are, and so but actually, I'm talking bollocks. Liverpool and Man City are. Yeah, but, but they're not. They're not under the same duress as we are. No, indeed, indeed, having the same duress as us. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, but it's um, uh, each day is uh, there appears to be a new twist, mm. a new aspect of it, and um, and meanwhile um, you you cannot help but um, enthuse about the 
the the excellence of the manager who has been absolutely phenomenal during this period yeah here bloody here well there you go um right been a lot of fun as always uh jk and i will be back on monday for the main chelsea fancast show at 7 p.m of course with tony glover and martin wickham and uh, we'll be looking back at the match against middlesbrough so uh so there you go don't miss that now thank you for listening see you next week until then keep it blue keep it careful and keep it chelsea <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.